episode two of What the Football. We have gazillion goals, 10,000 caps, records just speaking for themselves, Arsenal captain and Scottish internationalist Kim Little. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming round. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, getting ready for the new season and things going back to normal um, after this funny year. So yeah, no, I'm good. Good. And you have a massive game coming up next week, Champions League. How long do you see yourself being out there for? Because it could be 10 days, it could be a few days. Hopefully 10 days. Um, but I think, it's, yeah, it's quite a unique circumstances with playing knockout games rather than two legs. So I think, um, yeah, we've got a good team. We've prepared well. We've got a lot more protocols and kind of medical checks and testing that we have to do. But we're also adaptable. We just change and go with things and um, get used to, to new beings. And um, no, it's all, it's all going well and all looking forward to getting back to playing competitive matches, which is what we love doing. So um, I'm very much looking forward to that. Talk about the pandemic. We have seen... TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, this, that, the next thing, going mental with people keeping up with the world. What I like about you is that you do your talking on the pitch. And I want to know about that person who, you know, comes out of the dressing room, finishes up a match and goes home for a couple of days. What are you like off the pitch? Are you as, you know, feisty and... Yeah, probably not, I would say. I think I think in saying that, I would say I'm quite an introverted and reserved person, probably away from the pitch and kind of on my own, I, yeah think that's partly why I don't you know seek out that media or social media or like to put everything you know I'm doing up it's just it doesn't come naturally to me and I don't feel particularly comfortable doing it Mm -hmm. so it kind of overwhelms me sometimes you know I it takes a lot of my if I have to do it for some sponsor or something it um takes a lot of my kind of mind and I think a lot about it so I which I don't particularly like so I kind of just do it very rarely um um and that yeah that's one of the reasons why I don't do it and also I just yeah I think it's nice to just live your, you know, live your life and not be too worried or think about, you know, what's going, what you need to post, what others are doing, you know, yeah. and comparing and comparison. And um, like you said, just to, I love football. I like to play, you know, I like to compete and do the best I can on the pitch. And that's really what's the most important thing for me. Talking about that then, is that is there like social media pressures, do you think, on players? You know, they should be focusing fully on the game, but do you think there are their minds elsewhere sometimes? Um, I think maybe sometimes. I think especially more nowadays, the way the game's gone, how it's developed. I think maybe when I started playing, there was like n- no real social media presence. There wasn't really a pressure to do that. Mm-hmm. So I've maybe seen the other side, whereas now I think from for most young players coming and starting to be professionals, it's... It is part and parcel of it. I think you wouldn't find anyone who didn't have mm. a media, a social media platform. Um, is that a distraction? I think probably in some way. You know, it's it's um, you're not solely focusing on one thing. Um, but then there are, you know, you could say that having a a different focus and something else than just playing is also can be a positive. So it takes your mind off the football. So I think there's lots of pros and cons to to it. Absolutely, you're so good like I, I mean I don't know football that's the kind of point of this podcast I, I love speaking to players but I don't know the technicals of football but I know you are the nuts and I've seen you play from like 14 years old with Scotland skills and you have maintained that throughout your career with really no hiccups along the way does that still give you pressure do you know how good you are and do you know how much you have to um, achieve yeah I think I, I I would say my expectation all comes from myself I think I, I try not I have you know I, I have a I put pressure on myself because I want to be, do well for my teammates, my coaches, um, and perform for them. And I feel, you know, very accountable for that. Um, and then knowing, you know, my ability and that I can, you know, influence games, you know, um, a lot. That then I, yeah, I put pressure on myself to be able to do that. 
um not just once every now and then like every week and i think that's you said that's why i've played for a long time and sustained at high levels because i expect that of myself and i know that that's what it takes to to um yeah to be the best and to to make us succeed as one of the top teams how do you get in your head you know do you have any weird rituals is there something you have to do every day before a game yeah i wouldn't say i'm I'm not particularly superstitious or anything or do things like that but i am very like detailed and organized and um have a lot of things like you know to make just to tell myself you need to train today like you know it's it matters the most today yeah a little bit like not quotes but like reminders to myself to to um yeah you need to turn up today like in every day you know mm. it's not just the next and I think yeah it's just those sometimes internally and sometimes I write them down on my phone and stuff um but I, yeah no I wouldn't say maybe they are rituals because mm. I do them yeah, <laughs> consistent yeah. on the time and I just don't see them as that because I've done it for so long but yeah I always remind myself that I'm like you know well one I'm paid to do it now but also you have a responsibility to to turn up every day and you know be your best and give um you know work the hardest for the people around you is there anybody else aside from yourself like you see that all comes from within who you feel that you have to prove every time that you go out uh, and perform in that pitch is there someone in your head who you think i have to prove to that person that i've still got what it takes yeah i think i think naturally as humans we always have that Mm. kind of feeling that we have to prove ourselves which is i don't know it's it's a good thing i suppose because we all expect and demand more but then it's also quite a um put you in quite a vulnerable kind of position i suppose but I suppose for me it's just my teammates the people I'm working with day in day out the ones who that are coaches and staff who give so much time to us I yeah it's just all of them I wouldn't say it's a particular yeah you no. know personal thing it's it's just that yeah responsibility as a human and then obviously as a teammate and in footballer and that's the thing it's your job uh, I was listening to a podcast that you'd done very recently and you were talking about you know when you were young you didn't ever know if you could make a living from being in football you know women in football Firstly, congratulations, you have well done. <laughs> but is there anything else you see yourself doing or you would like to do, you know, uh, in the future? I know you want to give back to football yes. and all that it's brought to you, but maybe football aside, is there anything else you think, well, oh, I could be quite good at that or I would like to do that? Yeah, I think for me, I think especially as I'm a bit older now and um, do think about what I may do when I can't play football anymore. I think for me, again, it's a, a huge part of it is what can I contribute, you know, after what, what, what can I else can I do for society where yeah it's not through football um you know and move on to something else like you said I'd love to give back to football in some way um I don't know you know in what way but even to do something completely away from football I feel like it would be nice to contribute in some way to another um line of work or you know part of society which I think it's hard I don't know what you don't you don't have I a clue so, I, I, to, I'm, I've gone back into education recently to do a master's which I haven't wow been away for about nine years I did my undergrad when I was 21 but um in business but um that that was kind of just to do something I think would help in some way you know with whatever I would go into it wasn't particularly thinking oh I want to go work for a it was more just something that was could contribute and would help so mm. that yeah may lead to something but I, I don't know what I think it's hard well the world is your oyster as they say and you are doing so well with what you're doing at the moment and you're driven and you've still got so much ahead of you you have an amazing wonderful career and an amazing job people must look at you and think that's Kim Little she scores the goals you know she's fit she's this she's that is it all it's cracked up to be you know are there negative sides to that life as well yeah I think overall it's you know it's pretty special it's um 
you know, good to remind ourselves that we are playing football and a lot of the time it doesn't feel like we're doing any form of work whatsoever because mm. we're just doing something that was a passion and hobby when we were a child. And then because of the timings of, you know, my career and um, young girls now, we can now do it for a living and for, you know, a good amount of time if you, you stay fit and healthy. Um, a lot, even thinking about now with I have my, my family, most they're mainly in Scotland and um, the... I've got a niece and nephew and I'm around them not not too often so I think for me the biggest thing is is not being able to have spent good quality time with them you know mm. over a longer period um since I left home when I was 18 and I, I go back I go back now and even through the pandemic I, after it the lockdown was eased I was able to go up because we had a bit of time and just being around them but also being around them when I wasn't in a place of pressure and was focused on football and was on edge because I knew I had a game at the weekend I was spending time with them where it was I was pretty much switched off mm-hmm. um and the difference in that time compared to when I would have spent time with them before when I, they were down and I had a game at the weekend was really different and it's it made me realize oh you know you do miss out yeah. on a on a on a bit and made me think about when I do stop playing you know spending more time with them or being near them for sure is that the kind of um goal is to be you know you've got an amazing career but at the end of it you need your family don't you you yeah. mean that it's the same with any job really you can always be replaced um do you want a family one day yeah of course i think um obviously seeing my sister with her with her two kids she's pregnant again as well and oh, being okay. around them she's you know about to have three and it's yeah of course that having that family and having um you know a partner would yeah of course i think it would be um, you know a lovely thing and especially then yeah, after football to have that and having a wee place back up at home and I think that shows the real you yeah in a way you know family and um, life away from the pitch is totally different um, your most memorable moment you've travelled you've been all across the world you've played in America um, Australia New Zealand Australia, 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 of course. Bit, yeah. Sorry, excuse my excuse my language. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's very close. <laughs> um, what has been your greatest achievement to date where you still think oh my god I, I did that yeah again it's not I don't really think about moments like that often it's again I've said earlier it's you know that day in day out and turning up um I almost get more of a a thrill and a a feeling for you know turning up every week and then doing my job that week and if we win and then that moves on but I think I think naturally that one of the the big standards is playing in the Olympics in 2012 um in London I think um it was such a unique kind of not a one-off experience it may happen again in the future but um you know it was the first time it happened and it was in London and it was we got to play in you know at Wembley and um, Millennium Stadium in front of you know home fans it was a pretty unique experience especially for football because the Olympics is obviously every sport it's not just football the World Cup and the Euros are different in that sense but to be involved in something that kind of big and sort of game-changing was was pretty special. And talking about the other end of the scale, the lowest point where you've been like, oh gosh, like just let this be over. Yeah, I thought, since I came back to Arsenal in 2017, I've been had quite a few injuries actually when I think about the time and I've actually possibly spent more time injured than I haven't when I really think about it. I did my ACL, I had uh, broke my fibula and then recently had surgery on my foot. So I'm, I don't know, I'm maybe a bit of an optimist. I don't... I maybe cried at the start of when that happened, but that was it. And then I move on and um, I take, you know, the situation as it is and, and try and use it in a kind of positive way um, and have that mentality in most of most of the things I do, um, which is, yeah, maybe another thing that adds to, you know, 
being in the game for so long and being able to be at that yeah. level as well. So talking about strong mentality, do you think that should be taught in football as well? Because, okay, yeah, it's good to be physical and it's good to be an aggressive player and score the goals. But do you think people need to be mentally tough as well? And is that something that players should be educated in more? I think so. And I think, like you said, there's that mentally tough aspect, being resilient, um, being able to deal with, with you know, hard times. Um, but that's, you know, part of life, even, you know, not in football. And I think it's also, yeah, that mentally tough side, but also the importance of you know, the vulnerability side and the softer side of mentally. And that's completely normal and mm. that we should all be, be able to, yeah, be our complete selves. And if we're sad, then, you know, emphasise it and let it let it out. And um, I think it's, yeah, um, so many aspects which are important to, to um, being a good human um, and being being a good footballer and teammate as well. It seems like we, we were having a conversation earlier. You were saying you don't like to look back, and you did a podcast recently. Podcast recently where you actually look back at where you all started and back with school friends. Mm-hmm. Um, is there something looking back that you would have done differently, or do you believe that everything leads you here to now? Yeah, I wouldn't say I think back and think I sh- would have done things differently. I think I think if you live life and know that things to take things as they come, I think it's, it allows you to deal with things you know better. Um, if they come up or um, good things or bad things, I think would I have done it? No, I don't. Th- I don't think so. Good. I don't, yeah. What has been the coolest moment for you out of your whole entire life, where you've been like, oh my god, that just happened? Then the, the the thing that comes to mind just there was um, the World Cup last year um, in France um, in our first game in Nice against England, and um, it was it was. I'm not, I don't get overwhelmed that easily, but when we were preparing for the game it was obviously you know our first world cup it's against england but not a lot of my my family were there you know family that wouldn't normally come and watch football um aunts and uncles and then my immediate family my sister her family my mum and dad um you know some friends that it that was really overwhelming and it was kind of is it, was it a cool feeling maybe not a cool feeling but a, like a really emotional feeling yeah. um of them coming to watch you doing what you do um and being there um on sort of such a big stage that was probably just what I've really felt kind of... Um, honoured? Yeah, honoured and just, yeah. yeah, appreciative of, you know, what I'm doing and the people that support me. That was, yeah, kind of... The thing I would... The word I would use is overwhelming. I remember before the game and after it just... I'm not someone who gets teary too often, but it would literally, literally thinking about it makes me, um, yeah. <laughs> oh. Which, yeah, so that that from more recently, I think, yeah, was one of the nicest moments equality in football do you think it is thriving do you think there's still a long way to go i wouldn't say it's thriving i think um it has moved a lot over the last you know 10 years as women's football has become more popular and um yeah more wanted by people and more participated by by young girls um yeah i think we all have a responsibility to, to keep pushing that I think I think there's yeah a lot that still needs to be done to create that quality and I think it's it's just because male football has been you know the ultimate you know sport especially in this country you know yeah. everyone follows it everyone else male football it's this it's that and you know women's football is a very much in the kind of progressive de- developmental stage of becoming a kind of household sport um, that people you know want to watch um but yeah it's definitely improving but i still think there's a lot of you know things that can be done just day-to-day things that can really kind of empower women and create create a bit more equality 
another movement that has happened during the pandemic of course was black lives matter um which we've seen football really try and make a conscious effort with this do you think that is the same in the women's game the only thing i can say is you know i think we all have a responsibility i think even when this whole movement started i think i again it's so overwhelming and you want to contribute and do something and to make life better for everyone and more equal and um everyone to have a say and feel like you know they can um and i think it's hard to know how what and what to do and how to to help or to support um and i think yeah it's just listening um and being supportive to people from all you know aspects and backgrounds of life trying to yeah to be supportive as much as possible you had mentioned there's something else that you would like to do to give back to football is equality one of them i think so i think as women footballers i think I think we naturally push for that anyway you know even at even at the club at Arsenal you know you know we try and we all try and advocate and you know ask for things and keep trying to push you know the women's team to get you know the not the same as the men but have access and the resources that the men do so yeah I think we do that almost naturally because we have to because mm. um of where the the game's at um yeah but again yeah definitely I think that is something that yeah I would completely advocate for post playing and to keep pushing that how do you relax? How do you switch off uh, when you go home from a game? What, what What's your pastimes aside from football? One is yoga. I love to do yoga. Um, we go once a week and that really switches. It might, it might not necessarily be after a game, but um, it really switches me off and just relaxes me. Um, yeah, I like, I like to, yeah, I think spending time with people, um, you know, you're close to who, who um, you, you know, you love to spend time with, who bring out the best in you. I think that's something that's I try to do as much as possible, especially after you've had an intense game. Or mm. um, who are those people in your life? Yeah, so a couple of friends in um, down here in London. And um, ones you know from I've met down here, or have moved here from Scotland. You know who have just we've met place, and then just obviously some good friends on the team as well. Um, people that are not close, also you know phone phone call away or FaceTime or family. Um, use them as much as possible obviously not in face-to-face scenario but um do you keep in touch with players from other teams from who you used to play with before yeah um i think that's the great thing about football is you you meet so many great people who you meet through football but will be friends for for um forever and yeah i keep in touch with them and it's obviously good to especially once you've played football they understand where you're um where you come from and you know what it feels like after games and stuff so it's always good to to bounce off those people as well Talk to me about music. I know that you like listening to podcasts. Yeah. And what about what's your favorite band? What's your favorite um, artist? Right now, I listen to like Dermot, Dermot Kennedy. The, oh yeah, uh, Irish guy. Irish guy. Yeah. yeah, I love kind of yes, not slow music, but just chilled out. Favorite TV series ever? Ever? Oh, wow. Um, or current series that you're watching? Currency. Oh, that's hard. Do you like Love Island? No, I'm not a reality. That's one thing I don't oh, like. Really? I don't watch reality TV. Okay. Um, love Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Always watch that. Yeah. No, oh, I didn't picture that. No. <laughs> Something. Yeah. I feel like I was speaking to a friend about this. I was like, like, because I'm playing and studying and all now to switch off. I kind of almost like to watch something that'll just, you know, that um, not fancy, but like dream. Yeah. Who you know, do you fancy it. most on the telly? On the telly. Oh. Um, or dream dream person. To look at the Italian doctor would probably be the the pin up right now. Bit of a fay. Okay, fair um, enough. Can you cook? Um, I like to cook. Um, signature dish signature dish um, over lockdown it was a chicken schnitzel oh yeah okay closest team member current team member um, that'd be Jenny Jenny B I've known her since I was but we played together at 
from youth and then at Melbourne and Arsenal before and now again. So yeah, she's uh, one of my best friends. So you don't drink, do you? You don't. No, you not don't drink really. Have no. you Have you ever drunk before? Have you? Yeah, occasionally. Um, have you ever been oh. steaming? Like Kim Little steaming is something I'd love to see. It's funny. I was um <laughs> when I played in Seattle um for three years. One of our assistant coaches, Sam, sent. He occasionally puts random pictures from like from the time because it was such a fun time. We had a great team and a really um great three years there so he, he puts on send it to a few people who are in the picture and we were talking about that actually just uh, must have been last week and just laughing and um we had a boat party once at the end of um our first season there won the league but we lost the cup and um i that's but that was one time i do not remember a thing and one of the girls um Carm was telling me she had me over a shoulder but that was very odd occasion but like they were telling stories and i you know when you remember things differently you know everyone has a different perspective and it all comes back that would that's only yeah no not very often yeah not very it often. has happened it's either all or, all or nothing yeah yeah all or, or nothing maybe once every two years or something well we need to book that in your next podcast <laughs> maybe, you can be hammered i think i think we might have to wait a while for that yeah, yeah you've I've got, got a busy, season. busy time ahead busy time ahead for sure well um kim thank you so much for joining us there's so much you've still to do for women's football for you as a player I wish you the best of luck with the huge game that awaits you next week and hopefully you're there for a long, long 10 days and it goes well. Thanks, Siobhan. Thanks for having me.